Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, you got to start the call. Here we go. Talk <laughs> Recorded live. One, two, one, two. You know what time it is. Guard your grill boxing. Every Tuesday night, our apologies of running a little late tonight, but... We got my man R.O.D., and I think we got my man Bo on the line. What's goody, fellas? Kill you. What's happening? What's happening? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, we're here, man. Uh, we're gonna, I, I kind of I kinda think this show is going to be somewhat of a freestyle show, I would say, because, you know, no major fights this weekend. Some things to talk about, but um, I'm going to kind of just leave it out in the open, if any of y'all want to discuss anything. But, I mean, there are a couple things I do want to put out um, as it relates to just some tidbits and, you know, at least between me and ROD, some chats we've had with uh, certain um, fighters or fights maybe not happening, and we'll we'll touch on that real quick. But uh, what's going on, fellas? Oh, nothing, man. Just another Tuesday. Working and surviving and trying to cope with not being on TV to watch his boxing. <laughs> Word up, man. Word up, man. Word up, man. So, um, well, I'll jump right into it, man. Um, we got some word uh, this week that, or I, I think I want to say maybe yesterday, and I, and I sent this link over to uh, you know, ROD and Coltrane, and I'm sure, I mean, I know you saw it too, Bo, uh, this uh, J-Rock and Jamal Charlo fight that we thought was going to take place October 1st looks as if it's not going to happen at least yet. And um, I can't, I don't want to say, and I think, I don't, I think maybe Coltrane R.O.D. said it like, you know, these junior middleweights don't really want to, they really don't want to mess with this cat J-Rock, man. And, I did, you know, there, there there was a tweet that Charlo put out saying that the Charlos are worth millions, right? And that kind of was sort of hinting like, all right, we got some money issues or what's popping? And then there was a situation where he had an eye injury. So they say they postponed the, um, I, I guess for them to go, you know, he has up until the 15th of September for them to figure it out. Otherwise, he's going to go to purse bid, you know, and we know how purse bids go. So, what do you guys make of this whole situation? Well, I'm I'm always want to believe that um, <clears throat> this ROD. I'm always want to believe that boxing. When we saw Canelo a couple of weeks ago, um, or maybe you know maybe not weeks ago, but months ago, and you know he was talking, you know, big balls talk you know, in the ring, only to produce, you know, a substance of, you know, kind of like, almost like worker, worker-like results. You know, big balls talk, but worker-like results almost. 
you you kind of see what our day and age has turned into. Um, you know, two things. I compared the two sports, you know, and I and I'll get to my point. You know, uh, we were we were talking about how like everybody in the NBA now are like Facebook friends and Care Bears and rainbows and you know, I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a Twitter friend and you know, we're gonna make have unicorns and, and ice cream and cake and you know in the generation of the nineties, these guys are trying to bite your head off. And it's the same thing that we see like in these rings with these with these boxers, man, is that it sounds good, but then when it comes down to the get down, it's not happening. And I think that we saw that with we saw that with Cano and Triple G. Like you know, they had him up in the ring. You know, it was big boss talk, and it didn't happen. And to be honest, what this is going to translate to is the norm that we're going to see with a lot of these boxers, man. That the that the slightest avenue of fear, resistance, or challenge, these guys are going to look for it and say, "Nah, I'm good," and they're going to and they're going to creep out. Um, so again, this doesn't surprise me. It's just the way that boxing has become. And this is the reason why we've been losing fans as of late to mixed martial arts and NASCAR. <laughs> NASCAR. <laughs> what about you, Bo? Uh, you know what? In what's this day and age, you really don't know what to even believe, what to listen to. Like you said, there was a report that came out yesterday. Well, first the uh, trainer put a, a tweet out saying that the fight was called off. Then after that, you had to report about something about the eyes. They'll give them 60 days. Then Charlo, I think he put out, he responded putting a tweet out today, earlier today, saying that, you know, don't believe anything you read on the Internet, you know, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it's it's really hard to to believe what's going on or or, or what's happening or what's what nowadays. And instead of spending more time focusing about the fight, we seem to be in this trend of focusing about the circus surrounding the fight. Right. So, you know, it's it's just like, you know, look, uh, do I think that that J-Rock, don't want to fight, um, I mean, that Charlo don't want to fight J-Rock, no. But do I think that Charlo probably feels that maybe he should get more money to fight J-Rock because it, it, it's a risk? That's a possibility, but there's, there's so many ways to go about it. And that's the, 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 the beautiful thing about social media and also the bad thing about social media, okay? Because these guys put stuff out, they put little snips and tidbits out, and you don't know which way to go, you don't know what to believe, you don't know how something's going to go. And it's, it's just one of them things that it's like it's starting to become more about the show surrounding the fight than the actual fight itself. So, and, and, and to, uh, our, you know, R.D.'s point, you know, you, you look at Carnello doing this, and he's still doing big, big boss talk. He just recently, what, what did he say? recently say, I'm the A-side. Uh, 3G needs to learn that in the fight. Oh, he, oh he, he, yeah, he went off this week, man. I wanted, I wanted to touch <laughs> on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He went yeah, off. Yeah, so week. you know, he's like, he's still doing, right, so he's still doing big boss talk. So it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's like everybody. See, that, that's why when people say, "Oh, they do what Floyd did," no, there's a difference. Floyd earned it. Floyd right. had the resume. He earned it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he could big boss talk because guess what? How could you argue with that? But these guys nowadays, it's it's like. 
you don't know what's happening, what to believe, which way. It's, 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 it's more of a show than actual fight with these guys. And everybody feels because they have a title, regardless of how you got it, some type of entitlement. So it's a really sticky position because it just seems like when it comes down to the money aspect of it, it just to me it seems like some of these guys got it twisted how the order is supposed to go. And that's right. why you're always having these purse bids, you're always having these arguments, you're always having these Twitter wars. I mean, at, at some point, at some point, somebody got to say, listen, give me your damn phone. Now, now, hit the fucking gym. And that's really what somebody got to start doing. Like, you know, give me your phone. Now, hit the gym. And, you know, let me worry about the fight. Stop. You stop trying to promote the fight. Let, let the people we pay promote the fight. Let the trainers train you. Let the promoters promote you. And let the managers manage you. You just focus on fight. Give me your phone, and you focus on fight. And you let everybody else do the rest. And if we can get back to that, boxing will be in a much better place. You know, and that's what I believe. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, you guys, both of you guys made great points. I think the trend, and all of touched on it, is like this this generation of fighters, uh, and, and you can't put the blame on Floyd, like both said, because like Floyd earned it. I think what happened was they caught Floyd like towards the end, you know, where he already he had the, the the flash. He had the money. He had, um, he he showed how these fighters can, in a way. I mean, because look at the landscape of boxing, man. Like that's why I asked the other day. Like what? Um, I mean, both touched on it as far as like how some of these fighters under the Heyman stable, some of them are with promoters, some of them aren't, and and it's like. Debella's doing some of them, some of them they're not. So what ends up happening is it's kind of like the whole paradigm of how what we remember, how fights were made, has changed. That's one thing. But I think the money that these fighters are getting, it's, it's a double-edged sword because I think all of us on this call are advocates for these fighters to get paid because they're the ones going in there risking it all. Um, the thing is, when you think about the, the, the fights that we still talk about again, with guys that were in their primes fighting and they were big, legendary fights, um, all those fights uh, made money. But the thing about it, those guys were trying to prove beyond the shadow of a doubt that they were better than that guy. It's just a kind of a situation where, like, you know, they're cut from a different cloth. And, like, me and R.O.D. and Coltrane, like, we're big, huge, huge hip-hop heads, you know? And we could say that in a way for some of these new artists that don't really transcend or, 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 or a, lot, a lot of people don't believe they've um, taken, taken it to the next level because of the fact that, like, it, it's like you're not at that level or you're not cut from that cloth of people that did it before you. And you can kind of say that with some of these guys. So it's kind of like the business side of it is one thing. And then just some of these guys that are coming in, there's like, there's few of them that you, that we know, and they stand out just like, just like with everything, like, like the old saying goes, the cream rises to the top. Um, we see the Errol Spences. We see the buds, you know, we, we see some of these guys, these younger guys that they're trying to prove to us that, and to themselves really that they're the best. And when you got fighters like that, nine times out of ten, those are the ones that 
that come up. But, I, yeah, I just it, – it's – I think they're going to fight. I, I don't know if it's going to be – I mean, it's obviously not October 1st as it relates to J-Rock and, and Jamal Charlo. He is the mandatory. Let's not forget this. And when we talk about the IBF, the IBF are very, very notorious for stripping <laughs> fighters of their titles. Man, they did it with, uh, with, with Tyson Fury when he went to go um, – uh, was when they were trying to set up the rematch and what have you. So uh, I, I think they're going to end up fighting, but I, I, I just think that there's – it's kind of a double-edged sword where, you know, these fighters want a lot of money that you would get to a point in a big fight to earn that type of money where there would be an incentive for you to fight such and such in relation to making the same money fighting, you know, John Smith, you know. So that's kind of like where boxing is right now. But I think inevitably – you you know some of these guys they they they're gonna end up having to get into big time fights and they'll show up whether or not you know like we believe it or not they're gonna show they're, those their true colors are always gonna show so we'll um we'll we'll see how that 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 goes but uh it, it, as far as um, Bo touched on it man uh, <laughs> Canelo was going he he was going at the lip this week man <laughs> did you wanna did you wanna kind of uh, Talk. I mean, me and R.O.D. kind of were, were talking about the whole Vada situation, which apparently it was not Canelo Alvarez. It was actually um, this guy, Liam Smith, that didn't want it. It's something along those lines. But in any case, that's kind of like water on the bridge at this point. But during these interviews, man, I mean, he was really popping off, man. <laughs> so um, did you want to talk about that real quick, Bo, or? Oh yes, please. Of course, <laughs> we can talk about that. Uh, you want me to start? I, 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 yeah, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Okay. You know, you know. Here's the thing: is if you put your personal feelings aside and really, really look at it, Carnello has some points, but also the same points he had about Golovkin are the same ones that work against him. Okay. He does have the resume. He has been in there with some guys. You can make that argument. But then again, there are guys that we personally know that did not, including Carnello, want to get in there with Golovkin. Okay? So I see your point. If you're saying, oh, I'm going to be, a, you know, I'm, I'm still young, he's you know, older, I have a better resume and all that. Well, see, that's the catch 22 because you can't put a gun to guy's head and say, hey, fight him. You can't do that. Right, right. Okay? Carnello, on the other hand, um, outside of the fact that he's also, now let's keep this in mind, he's also had the promoter that can put the money in the pocket of these guys to get in the ring and take that risk with him versus a, 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 a Gennady Golovkin, okay? So, you know, uh, and so Carnello has the resume, but Gennady don't have it because guess what? Guys don't want to, you know, guys don't want to get in there and fight him. Now, right. uh, that, I see his point there. Now, as far as him saying, hey, he's, you know, the A-side and, and um, uh, I'll do what when my body's ready to do again. Yeah, we understand that. But here the problem is you called this dude in the ring. You made this big speech about how y'all don't mess around and all that. Okay, you gave the impression that the fight was going to happen. Then you dropped the belt a week later. Now, is there some foolery on Gennady Golovkin's side? Yeah, because you said – 
I'll fight anybody from 154 to 168. Well, it turns out anybody was you only wanted to fight Floyd Mayweather, 154, which isn't a problem because that's a big money fight. But that's what you say. When you say anybody, you open yourself up, okay? Yeah. And then, of course, when it comes to 168, if you say, hey, there were certain guys I want to fight at 168, you didn't necessarily mean, the, you know, the top guy everybody talks about. Then you yeah. should say, hey, listen, for certain dudes, I'll go up or down and wait. So when you say that, then you have Carnella, okay, we'll fight me at 155, and you don't want to do it, well, you kind of open yourself up. So both sides opened themselves up, but I see it's not like Canelo don't have any points. I see his points. I really do see his points. He's like, listen, I have the resume. I'm the A-side. I'm the pay-per-view star. My numbers, blah, 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 and all that. So I get to control it because throughout boxing, that's how it's been. You know, uh, you had to, guys who wanted to fight Leonard had to adhere to his rules. And same thing with Tyson. The same thing with um, uh, uh, Oscar De La Hoya. And then when Floyd took over, you had to, you know, go by his rules. And that's what Carnell was pretty much saying. Hey, I had to come down and wait to fight Floyd for that big money fight. So, you know, I should be able to make somebody else do it. But the problem, again, that you have here is you're still talking about a guy who is not exactly your, your lesser. Like, nobody's looking at Gennady Golovkin like you're, you're, any, you're like 1A and this dude is a B. No, you got, you know, you got 1A, you got 1A and 1.5A. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, look, man, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, the same thing can be said about you because this situation was created because of what you gave the impression was going to happen, mm-hmm. okay, then it didn't happen, and you're constantly talking about it. Like he's saying, oh, I'm going to go fight Billy Joe Saunders at, at, at 160. Or you say, hey, i got to prepare myself for a 160 fight, but then you fight a guy that weighs 147. And, you know, same thing with, you know, with Gennady Glover. You want to fight Chris Eubanks, you find out fighting Kel Brooks, okay. Now, to Gennady Glover credit, he still said Kel Brooks was too small, but it's still a fight that you're making, even in, I believe it was a situation where Gennady Golovkin's team is, you know, decided to go along with the fight, and Golovkin was just in one of them situations where, hey, he just had to go along with it. But still, it's still a bad look that you criticize, and now look what you're doing. So, I mean, he has some, if you put your personal feelings aside, yes, does he have some points? Oh, yeah, more definitely has some points. But it's not exactly Canelo is the person to be putting the points in my face considering what you have done yourself. And I think that's what Canelo has to look at. Like, wait a minute, Carnello, yeah, you got some points, but look at what you did too. You know, it's like don't talk like you was absolved. No, look at what you did because this is only an issue. If, if Carnello, after he fought and they asked him about fighting Gennady Golovkin, would have said, well, I'm going to go back to my team, I'm going to talk to my team, and we're going to see what we're going to do. And then he dropped the belt. Nobody probably would have gave him as much flight. But you got, you made a big spectacle on national television for the world to see that, hey, you don't mess around. You put the gloves on with the man right now, and then you drop the title a week later. So, you know, you still, like, to me, the only thing that bothers me is Carnello hasn't acknowledged this is a mess that he did create. And that's what I want him to at least acknowledge, hey, I did make this mess. Acknowledge that, and then maybe things can go on better from there. But do I think they'll fight? I think eventually they'll have to. But I think from the – people go back to I'm, – I'm, I'm saying one more thing. People go way back. Oscar De La Hoya gave an interview on HBO. What was the first thing he said? The Naughty Golovkin in 3G fight got a marinade. I learned that from my old friend Bob Ann. That fight has to marinate. And they should have stuck with that premise from day one instead of making us think this fight was going to happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um. Oh, D. Now, 
we've all we've all talked about like um the whole weight issue, right? And I think out of everything he said today, that like was the thing that stuck the most out to me because he was like, you know, when my body's ready. And being that he hasn't weighed at a full 154, and look, people that don't understand about cutting weight, um, at some point when you're cutting a lot of weight, man, it 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 does it does damage you a bit, you know, as far as just like your performance, man. And um, do you th- ROD? Do you think there's any chance that because uh, now that this whole Vada thing is not happening, I mean, we don't know if he could be taking diuretics to get to 154. Because remember, he couldn't make that at, during the Angulo fight. You know, that was what two years ago, three years ago. So. Um, do you think he, I mean, do you think there's a chance in this fight? And I got a chance to see, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see, like they did like a half hour little thing, um, for the, the Canelo, you know, Liam Smith fight. And we, you know, where they talk about Liam Smith's background and, you know, how he came up and everything, but with, with like a boxing family and, you know, about his kid having autism and his sister and stuff like good story and everything. Um, so I got a chance to go back and, like, just look at some of his fights. Um, do you think, like, this could be a situation where we're totally ignoring this guy and then, like, a Felix Stern situation happens? Like, with Oscar? First of all, first of all let, let's, let's put the car in reverse for a second. Um, when we talk about this fight, I said it before, offline, I say it again. You know, Alvarez is really trying to wait, you know, Triple G out. Instead of him instead of him being, um, you know, Triple G, you know, how we notice his name, he's trying to wait him out till he turns into, like, Grandpa Golovkin, you know. A-A-R-P. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, he's really trying to really wait him out, man, till he gets older, man. He's already in his mid-30s on that other end. And... The thing is, we know nothing about Liam Smith. It wasn't like we asked for this fight. Right. All right. I know most of us asked for Triple G, but it's not like we asked for this fight. It wasn't like he was our second choice. It wasn't like he was our third. It wasn't like he was our fourth. Let me let me tell you let me tell you this. It wasn't. It's not like. And I'll and I'll share you. I'll share with you after this. I'll answer your question about the whole uh, Felix Sturm thing because uh, I have a perspective on that as well. It's not like when we when we talk about Canelo Alvarez that we even asked for this fight to be on freaking pay-per-view, which is what I got on you about as well, because mm-hmm. pay-per-view is for those special events, man. Yeah. And when you yeah. think of pay-per-view is special events, man. And, and again, you know, here we are again. We find ourselves in a situation. Shout out to Cody, by the way. We, we find ourselves in a situation. <laughs> you know, that's our little code word. But, we, yeah. you know, it, you know, but... But we'll find we find ourselves in a situation again where we're being duped for a fight that you and I know is not worth you know is not worth anything compared to watching like our neighbors fight. Like we'd rather watch our neighbors fight than to watch these two guys fight. You know, so I'll go back and say this. So the whole so that's that's that is the groundwork right there. In terms of the um, the whole cut and weight thing and, and Nevada testing. Um, <clears throat> again, 
no one is, like I said before, and, and I want everyone to understand what I meant when I was talking to my brother Roberto about this. It wasn't like I was dissing divided testing, but it's like no one even cares about this fight. So no one's going to make a big deal about divided testing or the lack thereof because no one is looking for this fight. I know everybody's trying to say, like, yeah, you know, the people near the Mexican borders. Um, Can the church you know, say amen? Excuse me? I said, can the church say amen? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 you know, at the end of the day, no one is going to sit here, you know, they're trying to say, like, hey, the Mexican border, you know, they care about it, and, you know, there are people in, in, in Texas that care about it, and I know they're trying to, like, feel butts in the seat, but the but the general public really doesn't care about it. So which, and what I'm saying is that it's not as big as if Floyd Mayweather did it. Canelo is not at Floyd or Pacquiao status. So if Pacquiao were to fight Vargas right now and the Vada Tested thing came out, it'd be a big deal. Why? Because Pacquiao has built his base. He is somebody. He's doing it. If Floyd did it, it would make a big deal. Why? Because he's built his base. You know, if a Vander Holyfield did it right now, why? It would make it would make sense. He built his base. We don't know who William Smith is. We don't even care who he is. We don't care about this fight. That's why the whole Vada testing thing doesn't make a big deal. And that's why it's not really a big deal in the public's eye. And it's not really a big deal in my eyes or anybody else's eyes because, you know, first of all, he doesn't need it to beat William Smith. He doesn't need, you know, the, the, the black bottle, the one I mixed, the Panama, the Panama Lewis. He don't need that bottle right now to beat William Smith. He can, you know, at least I don't think so. Now, getting back, with that being said, getting back to the whole Felix Sturm thing, you know, the one thing we got to remember about that parallel is that Felix Sturm was a very, you know, um, what should I say? He was a very competent champion, okay? Um, He was overlooked. But remember, that was a road to lead to another fight. And what I mean by that is that fight was to lead to that Bernard fight. That was his next fight. This Triple G fight isn't a fight that's leading him to, I mean, this Canelo fight with Liam Smith is not leading him to Triple G. Does that make sense? So, like, that that Alvarez fight, I, I mean, that, that Stern fight, I could see what happened. Oscar overlooked him because the, the goal was, hey, Get through this tune-up, and you'll fight Bernard. Yeah. None of that is going on with this Triple G fight. As a matter of fact, all we hear is that he might get the winner of, um, you know, isn't there yeah, yeah, he might get the winner of Rosardo in a... In a which in is, a, I would doubt... Yeah, uh, yeah, so at the end of the day... Right, so at the end of the day, it's not like, you know, we talk about Felix Sturm. You know, Oscar took a big risk. Why? Felix Sturm wasn't a nut. He was undefeated. And then on top of that, you know, yeah, we saw something that we didn't expect from Felix Stern, that he really outclassed Oscar. But you know what else happened? We also knew that whether Oscar won or lost, the fight we really wanted to see was him and Bernard. And Oscar wasn't ducking Bernard like like Canelo yeah. was. So that's why I said it's kind of a – I see where you're going with it, but it's kind of a different circumstance, which is why I say, yo, man, like, you know, we, we we trashed Oscar as a promoter, but Oscar was a G in that ring, man. Like, he was not playing around. He wasn't afraid of anybody, okay? He fought Trinidad when he was a monster, okay? Vargas, and, yeah. Yep, and, 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 and he wasn't no 
you know, he wasn't no 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 scared no scared guy. And I'm not saying Alvarez is, but he's behaving as uh, he's not behaving like a true champion right now. And um, you know, I just want I just want to make those very clear that when we compare Oscar and and Alvarez, although the only thing they have in common maybe nationality and maybe you know one is the boss and one is the you know employee or vice versa. One represents the other, but mm-hmm. that's as far as the comparisons go. Like there, there are no other comparisons after that, and I want to make that mm-hmm. very clear. Um, and, and I'll and I'll keep saying I know we're supposed to be unbiased, but I'll keep saying that. And I said it before, and, and I'm gonna shut up after this. I told you during the week that Oscar right now is starting to become like uh, Oscar and Alvarez are starting to become like the Garcias right now to me. <laughs> Yeah, yep. man. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, um, it, I mean, yeah, it, I think when you're comparing Oscar, it's funny, man, because that's why it's, it's, it's just, it's crazy because I guess now Oscar being a promoter, he has to put on a different hat as we're like with Bob Arum, you know, we forget, you know, he was signed to Arum for like, you know, up until, I forgot, what was, his, was, was he with, with the Arum during the Vargas fight or he did that on his own? I forgot, but uh, he he. But the thing, the thing, like Oscar, like you made a point, like Oscar won of those fights. You know when he went and fought Vargas, like people forget, like people are like, yo, Vargas might he, he might mess Oscar up, man, because Vargas was he. I mean, he was a heavy hitter at at, at junior middleweight, man. And uh, the thing with Canelo, I think what's happening. It was a, like, it was two it was two stories. Remember. With that Oscar thing and Vargas, the reason why was Oscar was moving up in weight. Vargas, yeah. Vargas, remember, had beat, um, I think Raul, Raul Marquez, was it Raul, Raul Marquez? Marquez? Raul Marquez, Raul yeah, Marquez. And, remember, and, he tried to, and, yeah, and he threw he threw that shirt. Remember, he threw my Oscar to the Hoya shirt in the beginning. Yeah. Some crap. There's a whole backstory with that, man. And everybody real don't forget, you know, realize the backstory. Vargas looked up to Oscar, but Oscar laughed at him because he fell. Remember he fell down a hill at Big Bear. They were training or something. And something happened. Yeah. He just I, I, I kinda, remember something like that. Yeah, he treated him like yeah, Billy Blanco. He treated right, him like he Billy. Said that, he said Oscar just Oscar like he looked up to him and he was his idol, but Oscar treated him like a groupie. Yeah, and then, but, he, he, yep, it was that whole like uh, shout out to the Bronx, you know, shout out to um, Carlito's way. He treated him like you know Billy Bronco. Um, our boy Carlito treated Billy Blanco from the Bronx. You know what I mean? He kinda, yeah, kept yeah, yeah, him. yeah. You know what I mean, and and um, the only problem it, is it was it was an alternate ending. <laughs> it was alternate ending, yeah, exactly. So, but like with this, with this one, the reason why I brought up is because the risk was Vargas was was pretty much good, even though he got beat by Trinidad. Remember, he gave Trinidad work. Like he, he hung in there him. for twelve rounds. He dropped, he dropped him, he dropped him twice. And he hung right? in there. Yeah, he hung, he hung in there, man. And and you know the thing we know is that. Vargas posed a real threat to this Diego Hoya. We knew because he was vulnerable. Okay, he had lost already. He was vulnerable. All right, and on top of that, man, Vargas wasn't. Vargas was an Olympian as well. And Vargas, man, you know, he 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 he, uh, he was a hard pressure hitting fighter, and we thought that he posed a threat. How about that? But but to your point, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But to your point, that's that's where I was like, I want to just basically separate those differences because Oscar was the type of person 
all right, who stepped away from threats. He stepped to threats. Even that whole Manny Pacquiao fight, we hated it. But look, he came down to 145 to fight Manny. Something crazy like that, man. Like, he, this guy was walking around outside of the ring being a promoter at 197. He lost like 40 pounds to fight Manny Pacquiao. He looked like the walking dead. He looked the walking, like a zombie. You know what I mean? So anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just wanted to make that clear because I know we diss Oscar a lot. But as a fighter, man, Oscar was in the Oscar man would behave like a '90s, '80s, '70s fighter. He wasn't ducking yeah. anybody, man. I'm sorry, but keep going. I apologize. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, you're right, man. I mean, I think I think uh, it, it's just crazy the difference. I mean, I, I just think. Oscar's becoming a promoter now, you know, and I get it, you know, I mean, and he's already been at the helm for a while, and, and like I said, man, uh, and we've talked about this on other shows, man, like, he's got one, he's only got one horse right now, you know, and you, you don't want to put all that mileage on your horse before you get to the, you know, the Kentucky Derby, so I, I think, I, I, I mean, I would hope that these guys are going to fight, I mean, I just think, ideally, it would be May, I don't know why it's September, Deal, but I mean, as it relates to uh, Gabriel Rosado and, and William Monroe Jr., that's going to take place um, as, as the now the main undercard of um, uh, of the Canelo Liam Smith pay per view, and Diego De La Hoya is on there. Saddam Ali is making his return on there as well. I think that's he, they're going to start off the card. But I, I, yeah, I, I think if Gabe does win. And and if he does win, particularly by knockout, I, I'm almost guaranteeing that's going to be the next fight because they're talking about the next fight's going to be on HBO, and that would make sense because neither guy has a title, and it would be uh, Canelo going up technically to his first uh, in his first middleweight fight. So, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll touch down on it. You know, it's, it's obviously a couple of weeks away. And, and such, but um, I, I think, you know, I, the the weekend coming up, nothing going on, and, you know, next week we're going to obviously talk about the, I, I, what I almost forgot was like a, a weekend filled of boxing, because, I mean, we're thinking of Golovkin and Kell Brook, but, you know, um, the, the, there's, there's the Chocolatito and Guadras fight, which, man, like, we haven't talked much about it between myself, R.O.D., and Coltrane, but that's an interesting fight, man. Uh, and, and that's that's going to be uh, that's going to be at night. I mean, that, the Triple G Kell Brook is going to be during the day in the United States, and then I think they're going to re-air it at night, which will be followed by you know uh, the the Chocolatito and Quadras fight, and also uh, Soto Karas and uh, uh, Kamagai. Which is the guy I think that fought this guy, right? Um, what's his face? Uh, no, wait, I'm thinking of somebody else. But that's next week. That's on HBO. So, um, yeah, I mean, is there anything? I mean, did you guys uh, want to touch on anything? Uh, yeah, we got to go. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah, 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 wait, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right, man. How can I forget? Yeah. Man? I mean, well, we'll make it. We'll make it the main event, and we'll let. I'll, I'll let. Uh, I'll let ROD handle this, but it's um, I, I I talked about this, uh, and what I'm talking about right now is the what if segments that Shout to ROD has started, where we get two fighters um, from the past, from the present, 
not so distant past, um, and even like current fights, maybe we, uh, you know, maybe some guys heading out, some guys coming in that are, you know, obviously not going to fight. But uh, I we got a doozy this week, man. And when ROD announced it, I was like, ooh. And I don't know, I, I don't, I know I didn't talk to, I didn't talk to you about it, Bo, but uh, I let I let ROD take it away. All right, so so. You know, we're in our weekly what if segment, and um, you know, R- R- Roberto and I agree. Uh, you know, it was kind of like a timing issue, so I'll make sure that we'll post it every Wednesday, and we'll talk about the results and what we think is a panel on on our Tuesday show. So tomorrow, uh, we'll you know start off a new what if, and um, the caveats like Roberto said are what they are, and and obviously, if you guys have suggestions. You know, just you know, DM us on um, at Cardigro, you know, boxing, on Instagram, or at you know Roberto underscore Flag, and um, on Instagram. But here's what it is. So when I grew up, when I grew up fight, when I grew up watching boxing, there were a couple of fighters I identified with, and, and one of them obviously was you know you you saw my reference to the black bottle was. Um, Aaron Pryor. The reason why we loved Aaron Pryor, um, I just remember being five years old, and my dad was one of the first dudes in in the hood that had cable. Everybody came over our house to watch this guy fight. But what's so crazy about it was this guy was just really out of control, man. Like, you know, he he had a foul in. You know, he he you know he had the jacket. He had the satin jacket with the leathers on it, with the big hawk on the back, like a Trans Am. You know, and and he was just, you know, you hear these stories. He was just out of control, boisterous. Everything about him was just like, but he was a dog in that ring. Now, you know, we heard about the Alexis Arguello fights and, and and everything like that, and we just know that basically this guy is is just loves to fight. So the person we kind of, you know, we did some time traveling. The person we brought up was Manny Pacquiao. So Prime Aaron Pryor. Prime Manny Pacquiao, Junior Welterweights, you know, we'll we'll let them meet there, twelve round fight. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you, you know, we always know what the eighties fighters brought. You know, they had a bit of toughness. You know, they 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 had some skill, they had some swagger, but you know, they also had um, you know a, a competitive spirit, man. And and you know, I always say this, and my dad and I joke about this a lot. You know, Aaron Pryor has one loss, and his one loss came when he was in re- when he was in retirement. He came back out of retirement to fight somebody. He got knocked out like in the sixth round. And we always joke and say it wasn't that guy that knocked him out. Cocaine really knocked him out. You know, because he retired because he was he, he had a drug problem. Um, we all know who Manny Pacquiao is. Uh, we know he brings a, a, a certain skill set. You know. Uh, ultimate professional in and out of the ring, um, speed, savvy, lefty, you know, unorthodox as well, come forward, got better with giving you angles and everything like that. So, you know, we we set it up. There's no catch weight here, so it doesn't benefit Manny. And um, you, you got the best Aaron Pryor and the best Manny Pacquiao. You know, obviously – they're just both they're both dogs, man. So I'll just let Roberto have you know, have the floor. 
who do you think wins and why? Yeah, man. I mean, when you when you put this one out, I was like, oh man, okay. <laughs> um, Aaron Pryor is one of those guys that we kind of um, sometimes don't we overlook, you know, as far as how good of a fighter and how rugged of a guy he is. I may mention to you uh, on on the chat, man, like that he beat Tommy Hearns in the amateurs. You know, the same Tommy Hearns. That, I mean, granted, Tommy Hearns was always skinny and how, how he fit at 140 pounds, 147 is crazy to me. But um, he beat Tommy Hearns in the amateurs. And from uh, a, a lot of the people that were there, during the time when Aaron Pryor and Ray Leonard were sparring, apparently, you know, Aaron Pryor was getting the better of uh, Sugar Ray Leonard at times. So, and that, that's why the whole, you know, when he went up to the podium and was calling him out and Ray Leonard gave him the whole, like, you know, hey, it ain't your time and, you know, sit down and da-da-da. Um, with the Jerry Curl and hold on. <laughs> so, um Aaron Pryor, I mean, the Arguello fight happened here, man. It happened in the Orange Bowl, you know, rest in peace of the Orange Bowl, which is now uh, Marlins Park. And it, it, it was one of those fights, man, where Arguello, man, he's another guy. We forget how good this guy was, man. Hard hitter, really underrated boxer uh, from, from uh, he's from, um, not Guatemala. Argentina, wasn't he? No, 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 no. Nicaragua, Nicaragua. Nicaragua, yeah, that's right. So he, I mean, when you look at that first fight, man, you, you, you look at the shots that Arguello landed. And I mean, I forgot what round it was. He hit a nasty left hook on, on Pryor. And it, it, Pryor just like stood there, like just like shook, you know, like you, you could tell he got, uh, he got hurt real bad. And the, the thing is, is that it, it, people somewhat taint that fight a little bit because of the whole Panama Lewis situation and the pink drink and the, this side and the third and, uh, Pryor could take a punch, though, man, and and it would just came to a point where he just stopped Arguello just from accumulation, and and, and this was Arguello giving probably the, the hardest shots he's given in his career, and he couldn't he couldn't take Pryor out. Um, then you look at Manny Pacquiao, man, <laughs> a guy like Rod said pretty much everything I would say about him, man, uh, just the speed, the angles, unorthodox. Um, just almost um, like like Bruce Lee said this one thing where, you know, a, a lot of his style came at, at, at like being off rhythm. And Floyd in a way, you know, like he fights off rhythm. And Pacquiao would just, in his peak, like he was a tough dude to time, you know, because he was just, he was tough to find. I mean, and credit to Eric Morales, who's, you know, a, a, a bona fide, you know, future Hall of Famer, um, was able to, like, tame the beast at that point, but not many had, you know. And Aaron Pryor and Manny Pacquiao at 140 pounds, and I'm thinking of the timeline when Manny would be at 140, man. Um, while Manny has, like, those intangibles, like I mentioned, and like R.O.B. mentioned, uh, at 140 pounds, we think about the guys that he fought, Ricky Hatton, or, or at least in the circumference, uh, David Diaz, uh, a beat of De La Hoya, um, 
And I'll just say, like, at least in, at that realm, right? Because, like, where he was still, like, at that point of, like, hitting 147, and then he came to 140. Aaron Pryor was tough, man. And he would be at Manny Pacquiao the entire fight. And he was bigger than Manny Pacquiao. Pacquiao, they list him at, like, 5'6", but he's really, like, 5'5 five, five and a half, man. He, he's, he's not that big. And Aaron Pryor, I think, was a bona fide 140-pounder, strong 140-pounder. And I think in a tough, grueling fight, it would be like it, – it could be a classic. You know, I think a situation where Pacquiao may get dropped, Pryor may get dropped like, like, like one of those right hooks that Manny throws. But I think Pryor would outlast, and he'll get the better of Manny down the stretch. Not like Eric Morales, but I think he'll outwork Manny. I think he'd be able to. But I told this to ROD, and I told this – and I said this on the – I said this on the, the Instagram. I think it could be a deal where, like, I'd pick prior fight one, but I think this could end up a trilogy where it would be the second fight, I think, Pacquiao, and then the third fight, it could be boom, you know. And, and, I, and I'll go as far as to say is that potentially um, these fights, I think, I mean, while I'm saying it could go decision there is a high probability these fights all end in a knockout. So fight one, and at least for this sake, I got Aaron Pryor winning the fight. Ooh. All right, Bo, go uh, ahead, go ahead, Bo. Uh, I don't know who comes up with this, but I tell you, boy, y'all come up with some headbangers. This is... You guys ask those questions where you will find out who really has some boxing knowledge. I, I, I'll give you that. Um, uh, prime Aaron Pryor and the prime Manny Pacquiao. Here's something that, that I want everybody to understand. If you put them side by side, remember the same irky-jerky movement that Pacquiao had, Aaron Pryor had that same irky-jerky movement, okay? The same uh, throwing bunches, you know, throwing bunches of punches, Aaron Pryor, like Manny Pacquiao did, where Aaron Pryor did the same thing. So kind of in the way these guys mirrored each other, except one was a lefty and one, one was a righty. Um, uh, Aaron Pryor, uh, he, he fared pretty well against left-handed, so it wasn't like fighting a left-handed would give him a big problem because, again, he would throw punches. I think what this would come down to is will and just sheer mental toughness. And if I'm taking a young Manny Pacquiao, and this is a young Manny Pacquiao, not the one that got knocked out by Marquez, Manny Pacquiao was just as mentally tough as anybody at that time when he was coming up through the game. When you, like you said, when you look at the, the run he had at 130 and, and, and 135 and 140 and all of that, uh, Manny Pacquiao was mentally tough. So, um, and Aaron Pryor, nobody, Aaron Pryor just, he just felt like he'd beat the world. Especially when he didn't see Alexis, when he fought Alexis Aguayo, remember one thing, that was on the rebound of not getting the Sugar Ray Leonard fight. So he wanted to prove to everybody that he wasn't just, you know, uh, uh, somebody living in the shadows of all these other guys. He wanted to show everybody, hey, listen, you know, they call me the Hawk for a reason. So I have to go with, um, wow, this is a trilogy fight because it will be high action, high volume, nonstop going. Uh, will it be some knockdowns? Now, that's where I, I differ. I think 
Because remember now, Andy Manny Pacquiao really didn't get knocked down that much. Manny Pacquiao, 130, 135, 140, he didn't really get knocked down. Manny probably didn't start tasting knockdowns until uh, he started going like 140 and above. Um, now, would he get staggered? Yeah, he would get staggered. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't remember him being knocked down. If I'm wrong, you know, hey, let me know. I don't remember him being knocked down. I think it's he just Marquez. Marquez, is, Marquez is the only guy that dropped him. Okay. No, he got he got he got dropped he got he got dropped twice he got dropped by a body shot by three k. No 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 I'm, well I mean like in, in like in the era of I mean early on he did like he got knocked out early in in his career yeah but like in, in from at least when he beat Barrera and he had that run like he hadn't been dropped until I think the Marquez yeah. fight. Yeah, he right. got, got stunned yeah, right. a lot. He got stunned a lot. Well, he did he get stunned by Marquez. Yeah, he did get stunned right. by Marquez. Yeah. Right, he would, get, he would get stunned. And I would only go with Pryor because Pryor is the kind of cat, and if he got you stunned, he stayed on you. So if mm-hmm. Pryor could get Manny Pacquiao stunned, just like he did with Alexis Aguero, Pryor would stay on Manny. He had a motor that just didn't quit. So... I would only go for Pryor because if Pryor gets Manny Pacquiao stunned, he'd stay on him. But I could see a second fight where Manny Pacquiao comes back and he's the stronger guy. Then I could see a third fight where it's just a complete toss-up. So this, this is, a, I mean, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those, um, because uh, the only type of fighter that's ever been able to really beat Manny Pacquiao or give him problems is when you would counterpunch. If you can counterpunch with Manny Pacquiao, because <clears throat> pressure fire, the, the way to beat a pressure fighter is a pressure fighter is to counterpunch, because you would prevent them from throwing their hands by counterpunching, because they were afraid of the counter. But in a fight like this, where you got two guys throwing a lot of punches and 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 giving you, you know, the, the irky jerky and not giving you that movement that wanted to fight right there in the pocket, <laughs> that fight with Aaron Pryor is the fight to take. So I would only favor Aaron Pryor because if he got Manny Pacquiao stunned, he'd stay on him. But then vice versa. If Manny Pacquiao gets Pryor stunned, Pacquiao, that Pacquiao would stay on him. <clears throat> so this is another one of those no wrong answers here to me, but it's a great fight that would be well worth the trilogy, in my opinion. But uh, <clears throat> I can see all three of these fights ending by knockout. If there was a trilogy, I can see all three of these fights ending by knockout. Yeah, I, you know, I, when I looked at the fight and I looked at those things, the one thing that uh, – so I'll I tell you my decision. My decision was basically that Aaron Pryor would win the first fight. Um, I'm going to tell you why and, and a couple of reasons, but I'm going to say this. Shout-out to Roberto because he was like, man, this would be a trilogy. And I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, it would because the first fight would be so competitive that everybody be asking for that second fight. Sort of like Evander and Bo, you know, it would probably be similar in terms of that type of trilogy. I could see that fight going, first one, Aaron Pryor, second one, Manny making adjustments, and the third one, Aaron Pryor again. But one thing we got to remember about those fighters back then, these guys were conditioned to go 15 rounds. All right, so when you talk about having a motor, you're talking about a cat that got hit by Alexis Arguello, who head hit the ceiling. Okay, them lights hitting when his head went back. And Arguello could knock him out. All right. So, and you talking about a cat when back in those days, when people had you hurt, 
they knew how to finish you. It wasn't like I said. It wasn't like Facebook time, tickling contests, balloons, and unicorns. <laughs> you, you you were getting done. You know what I'm saying? Like you were getting done. I remember my dad. My dad was friends with Tim Witherspoon. I did. Let me just one thing to piggyback on what you said. Back then, when they got you hurt, though, they knew how to get you out of. They wasn't wild when they got you hurt. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. know how to place those punches to finish you. They wasn't just headhunting and wild. Right. So, so, so one of the things I was saying was that when, when my dad, my dad was friends with with Tim Witherspoon, um, and just at that point, Bone Crusher Smith was like a journeyman at that point in time, but, you know, he got Tim Witherspoon hurt, man. He got him up out of there, man. And, you know, you get people, man, back then, these guys knew how to fight. It wasn't a whole bunch of social media that was making these guys popular. These journeymen would be champions today. So all I'm saying that to say is that basically, you know, when you talk about Aaron Pryor, let's talk about what we know about Aaron Pryor. You know, these guys, he was very capable of jabbing you, but he really was interested in fighting you. And I don't think you know, that one punch was a knocking Aaron Pryor out. An accumulation of punches would would probably put like this. Aaron Pryor ain't getting knocked out. All right, let's just say that real, real fast. Aaron Pryor is the type of dude that if he got knocked down, what happened to him? If anybody knew Aaron Pryor, he got up and he was pissed off. And he became more of a demon. So, I mean, there was times, if you look at it, he I forget who knocked him down. Man, he pushed the referee out the way and tried to go after the dude. The referee was like, yo, uh, you got to take this count, dog. But he punished that guy for the rest of that fight. So I'm saying that I could see this fight being ultra competitive, but the one thing I do want to put in perspective is that Aaron Pryor was conditioned to go 15 rounds. Back then, you know, those fighters are a little bit different. And um, Manny, made, Manny was a lefty, and I didn't want to put this on the thread because I have my opinions. Manny was a lefty, and I think he would give Aaron Pryor problems. But the one thing about Manny being a lefty is that Manny made a lot of mistakes. The whole jumping to punch you, that whole thing, man, he made a ton of mistakes, man. And um, I just think it's going to be a very competitive fight, a very competitive spirit fight. But I just think, man, overall, man, that Aaron Pryor with edge him. It's going to be a bunch of knockdowns. I can see... I can see Aaron Pryor getting knocked down, Manny not getting knocked down, but, you know, losing. I can see Manny getting hurt really bad in the second fight, but making adjustments, and and, and um, Manny winning that fight. Um, and I can see the third fight, man, where they just basically them beat the brakes off each other so much that it's just like, all right, man, it, it just goes back and forth, and, you know, Aaron Pryor just being a little bit more of a dog, as, as, you know, finishes him off. Um, again, you know, the great thing about these fights is basically your imagination. You know, yeah, we can go on fight night and we can make them fight in CPU mode. But <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something, man. When you The great thing about YouTube is that you can kind of go back in time, man, back to the future, and look at these fights and say, you know what, man, this is really what Aaron Pryor brought to the table, and this is really what Manny Pacquiao brought to the table. But we got to remember, when we talk about these fights, we got to give props, man, to those to the to that '90s, that early '80s generation, rather, because those guys were conditioned to go 15 rounds, man. Yeah. And I think that that is the key that a lot of people miss. And I don't put that there for what kind of people to kind of use their imagination. But if you know a lot of these, like even Joe Frazier, 
Joe Frazier was conditioned to go. When I put that thing out with Tyson, he was conditioned to go 15 rounds. rounds. Yeah, and and that makes a difference, man. When you talk about someone that's training for 50, Roberto, who was it? Marvin Hagel, Roberto Duran. These cats were yeah. conditioned to go 15 rounds with people, man. Tommy Hearns is straight winner. When we talk about that, man, we talk about how bad Hearns would gas out against Barkley. Let's not forget, man, Hearns went 15 rounds against Sherry Leonard, man, and 14 rounds, rather. And the 15-round fight, man, was basically beaten. So I just wanted to put that out there when we talk about those fighters. You know, I won't, I won't repeat it again because I'm not going to put it on those posts because it kind of, like, kicked my hand a little bit. But, you know, I kind of put the strength and weaknesses, I kind of put those aside as well. But, you know, it's a great fight, man. And I'm going to tell you something. What's, what's even more crazy is that it's about to get real hectic the next two to three weeks. Like I got some more. <laughs> I got some more where basically, man, y'all gonna be like, ride or die. Y'all gotta stop, man. Like this is, this is getting crazy, man. Like this is really, like tomorrow's. When I put up tomorrow, I already know that Roberto gonna be cursing me out at work. I already know he's <laughs> cursing me out because I because uh, I already know he's gonna come up with some story about how, you know, he thought about this, and in his head, he thought it was this, and I'm going to say, Roberto, that can't happen. And then he'll say, oh, yeah, it's just going to be, you know, Bo, you got to be in our conversations, man. We just go back and forth, man. But tomorrow, <laughs> but tomorrow, tomorrow, man, it's, it's, it's about to get real hectic. So, you know, again, thank you, everybody. Again, this is all based on, you know, imagination, man, the, the what if segment, man, and, um, it's good in times like this because, you know, you 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 kind of look at you you kind of it helps us appreciate the fighters in the past, all right? Because you know everybody says, oh man, these fighters today are athletes; they're better. But if you really look back to the you know the history of boxing, you'll see that a lot of these guys, man, you know, ain't got to be the obvious Sugar Ray Robinsons and. You know Muhammad Ali, you know, and they gotta be those. You know, which what I what I try to pick are basically respectable, good, quality champions that you may have heard of, you may not heard of, and place them against people they should have fought back then, or against somebody that's here now that may be a little bit similar, and have them meet at a catchweight. It's almost like, you know, what it's almost like. It's almost like um, what's that show, Roberto? Used to come on National Geographic when they when it was a segment. It was it came on for like like I guess a month where it was like, what happens if we get a shark and we put it in and it meets a crocodile? Wasn't that Wildlife Kingdom or something like that? Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It was like what? But you know how they did like the whatever? Then they would like make the shark jaws and yeah, yeah, see, like, yeah. Oh, this thing, the shark bites with 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 like. 278 PSI, 278,000 PSI. They talk about the alligator moves like this. So it's sort of like one of those things, man. But, you know, you, again, we just appreciate the sport, man, and we just appreciate, you know, the the talent that everybody brings, man. And, you know, shout out to Bo and shout out to um, Roberto, man, for their thoughts. And everybody on the board picked Aaron Pryor, even the fans, they picked Aaron Pryor. Only one person picked Manny Pacquiao, and unfortunately, I was interested to hear his comments. I clicked on his page, and it was a Manny Pacquiao page. 
<laughs> I was, you know, so it just goes to show you how much love and respect we have for not only Manny Pacquiao, but how much love and respect we have for Aaron Pryor. So shout out to both Aaron Pryor and Manny Pacquiao. Shout out to everybody who commented and um, shared their thoughts. Word up, man. Word up, man. So that is the show for tonight, man. Like I said, this weekend, not a lot of boxing going on, but, you know, that's going to jump right into the following weekend, which we're going to be hit off, uh, I, th- I think this is Friday night, September 9th. Yeah, September 9th, the Danny Jacobs, Sergio Mora, highly oh, anticipated, why, why, wink, wink, why, rematch. Why? <laughs> why? All yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Wait, wait, let's top it for the WBA think, regular I, middleweight title. <laughs> I think you just killed my insomnia. <laughs> and then the yeah. undercard, which I'm, I'm actually wanting to see in a, in, in a way, uh, Richard Comey and, and uh, Robert Easter, who I think is, this is Broner's fighter, right? Yep. You're right. Yes, He's sir. fighting for the, vac- the, for the vacant IBF uh, lightweight title. Uh, so, you know, we're going to be obviously talking about that and then uh, the obvious, uh, you know, uh, Triple G versus Kell Brook and, you know, that whole card. And that's pretty much it, man. So um, follow us on Instagram at Gardrigal Boxing as well as on uh, Insta- well, Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at Roberto underscore Flack, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Bo, uh, you wanted uh, to, sh- uh, you know, shout out your plugs? Yeah, man, uh, you know, truth and facts about boxing uh, on YouTube. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, uh, truth underscore factbox1. And uh, me and a couple guys collaborated. And, uh, you know, just like with you guys at Guard Your Grill, we got a, um, we got a podcast uh, that's actually tomorrow. And our uh, special guest is the trainer for J-Rock. He's going to be our special guest on the podcast tomorrow. It's called The Movement. So guys, oh, nice. call in and ask nice. questions, man, and, you know, that's what this is. We just bring integrity back to the sport that we love. Word, Thanks, word, yeah. Well, what, give, me, give us your, uh, give us your, um, your IG account. Oh, ID? Yeah, hold on. Uh, it's um, this guy don't even know his own IG account, y'all. Stop! Don't even bother. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go look for it. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, you be on Twitter. Twitter. He's on Twitter though. I think he's on Twitter though. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Twitter, but it's, uh, oh, man. Here we go. It's the, it's the same phone number that you guys got. I got to actually go to the the Dublin Facebook page to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what, what give us that? Well, uh, I'm, I'm going to give it to you guys. I'm, I'm actually going to the Facebook page to see, because I know somebody posted it. Oh, that, that's, that's, that's crazy. I'm going to have to, like, snapshot that, Jones. All right, what, what, what? Well, give us a so we can make sure we follow you back and, and tag you on things and things of that caliber. We uh, actually, you know what? We tagged. Uh, I don't. I think, I, don't, I think you might have saw. We had tagged you guys on. Um, we had tagged saying, "Hey, you know, we was uh, right right after you guys on Tuesday, and you can follow us on Wednesday after Guard Your Grill on Tuesday. You can follow us on Wednesday." And, and where is this? Like what, what on Twitter? On Talk Show. On, 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 on Facebook. No, no, on Twitter. But you guys recorded on you, but you guys do the show on TalkShoot, right? Yeah, right, yeah, right. Right, right, right. right. Talk yeah, but whatever. Yeah, right. yeah I, I'm trying to find your, your Instagram page. I can't find the. Uh... Oh, no, on Twitter. Uh, on Twitter is truth underscore fact box one. So it's capital T, truth underscore uh, capital F for fact, and then just lowercase box one. 
Okay, see, but you but you don't have an Instagram page. No, uh, no, uh, you know what? That's uh, that's gonna be next. I'm gonna have to. I'm really gonna yeah. have to get in there. You know, I All have right, a question sir. for you guys, man. Anybody seen this 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 situation that's going on with uh, Shannon Briggs and David Hay? Aren't they supposed to fight? Yeah, but you seen that recent uh, that recent no. uh, picture of um. <laughs> Put it like this: He turned it from David Hay to David Her. Nah, man. <laughs> yes, he did, man. He put um, a, a picture of a, of, a, of a he took a picture of a stripper <coughs> doing a side pose and put David Hay's face on it, man. Oh man, yo, oh, he's, man, he's, that's he's, he's, yo, that's all of these boy, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he 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 did that, and it just really just like. Whoa! No, he yo he nah. yo he lives he lives around my way, man. Like the gym where he's with the gym he 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 trains at is like probably like maybe like twenty five thirty minutes from me. But like he 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 doesn't live that far from me. And like back in the day, we used to see him up in South Beach when he had the dreads. Back then, he still right. had the blonde dreads and everything. But like he's bald now. But he, yo yo, but it's crazy, man. Like. You go on his Instagram, right? It's funny, right? And he be trying to throw gems and everything and. He look to his credit, man. Like, remember he 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 got big and fat, man. Like, and he got he weighed up almost to close like three eighty, three ninety. Yo, he's he's in really good shape, man. Like, he cleaned himself up, but it's crazy that he be having like Diamond D and like digging in the crates and everything. Show up at his house and be like, yo, what are they doing? <laughs> like, yo, they, they just be there for like a week. I'm like, yo, man. But it's you know, obviously Shannon Briggs. He's from Brooklyn. You know he's a New York head, like to the death. So, <laughs> but but that yeah, man. That they're supposed to fight. Man, I got but the that I found it. It's uh, it's the same phone number seven two four 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 seven four four four, and the ID is um one four two zero nine seven. Oh, that's for your show, right? Yeah, that's for the podcast. The move, nice man. Okay, and, uh, okay. I guess it's gonna be Stephen Edwards, uh, J Rock's friend. Okay, word, word. Yeah, his name is the bread man. Yep, the bread man. Yeah, 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 the bread man. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> Shout out to J-Rock, man. We got to get him on the show, man. I got to hit up Coltrane and everything. We'll uh, we'll situate that and everything because, uh, you know, we obviously got to – we want to talk to him for sure about this whole situation. But uh, next week, tune in. We're going to do the preview show. We've got a packed weekend of boxing, man. So, uh, you know, we'll get back into the – mix of things and I think, you know, pretty much this is really the launch into the to the fall of two thousand sixteen where you know we're gonna see, you know, kinda like get off of that summer break. So until next week, salute, we'll be back. Follow if you um follow us on SoundCloud as well, www.soundcloud.com slash G Y G B. Catch our previous episodes and you can download SoundCloud on your phone and just Listen, <laughs> so until next week, salute, man. We're out of here. One. One.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.